Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And here we go. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener. We're here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And and this is a bit of a, a unique place in the country. So if you've had other homes garden in other places, you'll have some adjustment. There'll be some difficulties. Let me tell you, you're going to kill some plants as you figure out how to adapt your garden style to the new area. And so I think every time you move to a new house, so Lisa and I, we've we've had many homes here in the Prescott, Prescott Valley, Chino Valley, Skull Valley. We've had homes all over the county. And every time we move, it's just getting to familiar with how to garden in that new space. So our latest house, we've been in there for, we raised our kids from, when they started driving, we, we bought this house. So they've it's maybe 15 years old. And so that was the most difficult transition. We had had a house in Prescott Valley. That was a, that was a learning experience. The heavy clay, uh, caliche layers, that was a challenge. We figured out how to do that pretty quick and had Beautiful. I mean, just stunning gardens. From there, we moved to Skull Valley, which is uh, about 15 miles north of Prescott. And so it's it's cattle, ranch country. And so our closest neighbor, we lived on 10 acres, and our closest neighbor, we couldn't see neighbors. I mean, you literally, you didn't see neighbors at big properties. There, we were right on Kirkland Creek. And we had to adapt where it was, We it looked like really rich soil. And it was, but it was silty. Because that river bottom had just created all the real fine particles, so we tended to overwater. And we were on a well. We had three wells, irrigation size wells. I mean, three-inch pipes coming out, 100 gallons per minute. I mean, huge agricultural type of wells. Well, you tend to overwater that way. You folks in Chino Valley, Paulden, you know what I'm talking about. If you're on a well and the water's pretty much free, you tend to, you tend to overdo it sometimes. Uh, so we had to adapt. The most difficult gardening I've ever had, I live up in uh, uh, North North Prescott, over by Prescott Lakes, above the high school, just above the, the hospital up there. And it's a north slope, so I'm overlooking the San Francisco Peaks, uh, the Dells. I can see up and down that valley right there. It's, it's, it's a beautiful mountain view. We bought it for the view and the house, of course. Uh, but that gardening on the north slope with heavy clay soil, oh, I have killed more things by overwatering than I've ever dreamed. That and at the time, this is 10, 12 years ago, I was experimenting with rain harvesting. So passive rain harvest. There's active harvesting and then passive. Active is I gather up all the rain that hits on my roof and I gather it up and I hold it in a cistern someplace or a tank of some sort. That's active. From there, I gravity feed or I power it up with a with a pump somehow and I and I push it out there through my drip irrigation or whatever. Passive is I still take the same water, comes off the roof, and then I snake four-inch pipe or I have basins. I ba- basically, I'm hydrating the soil whenever it rains so that I can hold that moisture in the soil so I'm, I'm not watering as much. So that's called passive rain harvesting. So I have different retention ponds. I actually have full-on ponds. So the rain that comes off the gutters fills the pond. And then when that overfills, I've got a lower retention pond. Then I've got four-inch pipe that snakes around. I tend I, I overwatered a lot of things until I learned 
how to adapt. And so that's part of gardening. Part of the joy of gardening is learning what the limits are of your plants. Novices, they get frustrated because they put a plant in, they go, oh man, I can't believe it died. I kill everything. Oh, well, now don't, don't, don't hold yourself to that standard. That's a terrible place to be. If you have a failure, just go, I wonder what happened. Let's see if I can figure this out. Could I try it again? How about if I move it over here, dig the hole deeper, get the caliche layer out of there. Maybe there was a rock, something you're, it's, it's almost like a jigsaw puzzle. Keeps your brain young. You're just always trying to figure out how to, how do I attract more, more birds into the yard? Because we're bird gardeners. So we try to strategize. Okay, I wonder if they'd like this kind of, this kind of flower at this time. I wonder if they'd roost here. Or you're walking the neighborhood going, oh, look, I've got robins over there. And hummingbirds are roosting in this. I want to plant one of those. That would look good over here. It's like art or a jigsaw puzzle or just trying to figure. It's working with nature and trying to create your own natural escape, your own just private garden. And so that's what we have in our backyard. It's just a joy to go out there and just enjoy the, the space that we've created over the years. Newer gardeners, I find, are, are not very forgiving of themselves. And so I, I think it's okay. I, I would say the same thing with gardeners. Full-on gardeners, they feel like they can never let anything die. They're pretty good gardeners. But then plants, they have a lifespan. And so there's some times where that willow tree, uh, the, the rose that just is all chunky, and the, the junipers that are just mangled, they look like something got caught up in them and died. I mean, some plants, yes, they're still alive, but they don't deserve to be. They deserve a bumper and a chain and to be pulled out of the ground. Or they need to deserve a chainsaw. Sometimes you need to reset. And so our thinking, at least here at the garden center, and then also at our homes when we're landscaping, we're always trying to replace 10% of, of the plants that are there. We always want to add or inject some freshness, some new into the gardens. So if I've got a, a juniper that's getting out of hand or it's just too big, it might even still look fabulous. But if it's just too big and doesn't fit, I will go buy a new chain for the saw and just whack that baby down. It's gone in 30 minutes. I mean, just out of there. Russian sage right now. This is this beautiful spiky blue uh, shrub that gets up about hip high or so. It's famous in the mountains from now through fall. We sell most, we sell literally hundreds, if not thousands of them now. I mean, just they, they look so good. But they're only good for about five, maybe seven years. And then they start to look mangy. What they do is they're real, they're, they creep. They have these, these rhizomes that kind of float underneath. And so very quickly, they start to look overgrown. And so they look there, they lose their, their luster, basically. Some of the plants can die out in the middle. The outside edges are still looking good, but the inside looks terrible. That's a sign. Don't, don't try to fertilize your way out of that. I mean, I always start there. But when it's starting, pieces of it are dying, or it's just taking over an entire section of a garden, rip it out. A Russian sage comes out of the ground in five minutes. You don't even need a, you don't even need a sharp shovel. I mean, they're just so shallow-rooted, they just literally pop right out of the ground. And for 20 bucks, you can have a brand new one that will get you the next five, seven years and look fabulous. But if it looks overgrown or just not in place, sometimes we need to inject some new, some freshness. You need some fresh new plants into the landscape. And so that's, that's, that's important, especially if you're going to stay there for a while. 
Now, those of you that are out in that New Valley area, I mean, you know who you are. You're in tracks of homes where thousands of homes are going in. There, you just need to get your plants to grow, to grow fast. Everything is so new that you, it just looks underplanted. It's planted to scale, so you drew it out, and you're going, okay, eventually my maple tree or my sycamore or my aspens or my lilac or my whatever it is is going to be big enough for, but for the next three years. Boy, it looks pretty, pretty scrawny. My philosophy with those is fertilize. Right now, fertilize with the 744 all-purpose plant food. It's an organic food and just stimulate that thing to grow. This is an active growing season for the mountains of Arizona. Get the most out of it that you can. So fertilize them right now, and that'll get those plants to mature faster. Second, I have been known to overplant a brand new landscape. So I'll, I'll, I'll lay out the design the way I want it to be. And then I'll go, ah, oh, you know what? That uh, Those spireas aren't really going to fill in. very. The viburnums aren't big enough. They're going to be four or five years out. I'm going to plant one more here closer to the patio, closer to the, to the wherever that viewpoint is. And I'm purposely, I'm, I'm, I plant it there to make it look full now. And I know full well I'm going to dig that thing out later. I might move it to another part of the yard, but usually, quite honestly, it's too much of a pain. I, I plant it there to destroy it in five years just so I can enjoy the next five years so it looks full, but I will thin or cull or, or just trim the landscape plants out later when the other plants are more mature. So, But until they get mature, I just want to, I want one more or put one more in the row or there's, there's a way to strategize that. If you need help with that, I, we can help you easily. Take, a, take an iPhone, iPad, just click, bring it in, go, oh yeah, let's, let's help you with this. But that's kind of my take landscaping and summer plants. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants for July are hibiscus, purple verbena, crepe myrtle, and sensation maples. Sensation maples grow fast. The spring leaves erupt with soft reds. They quickly mature to a refreshing green for summer-long shade. Autumn, it unleashes a brilliant display of red leaves. Where this maple really shines is in the areas with challenging garden soils. The picture-perfect tree to line driveways or shade a patio. You'll only find sensation maples here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Some things are just better together. July is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, thanks Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together, and only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and shares your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? What are other gardeners seen in their yards and that'll help us put the radar out for our own yard many times we have customers come into the garden center 
and they'll have an ish, bug issue, and we'll go, oh, that's, that's starting to show up. We should go check our own gardens. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, we see it there. So, Lisa, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Uh, might I say, my dear? Yes. Happy anniversary <laughs> to you. <laughs> happy anniversary. Okay. Can you blend happy birthday with happy anniversary? So. Well, sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Happy anniversary <laughs> to you. We actually uh, met mm -hmm. 33 years ago. Actually, we got married 33 years ago. We, right. we met probably 38. Eight we dated ago. for like through college, basically. Mm -hmm. So we met in a church choir yes. of all things. Remember back in the day, this is probably the 80s, when they used to have, have choirs. choirs. <laughs> now they, they have bands. Everyone's got a band. So. Which is kind of <laughs> nice. I like that too. But True. yeah, I kind of miss hearing choirs sometimes. I do. I enjoy a choir. Mm -hmm. I mean, just kind of reminds, reminisce of something, that all those voices blended together. It's, yeah. it's like magical. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we, we travel around the country. It's a traveling choir. Yes. Go Sing in malls, other churches, just wherever wherever we could go and crash and sleep. <laughs> Busloads of kids going around. Marauding played, kids, yeah. Played uh, hand bells. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to say that. But anyway, you, <laughs> you don't know, you know a lot bells. of people are going hand bells. <laughs> I know. What, what the heck is that? Uh, anyway, just uh, mm -hmm. I would do it all over again, my dear. I would marry you in a flash. You would. I would. I'd marry you too. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I feel better. Okay, we can now end this segment. We're moving on. No more garden advice because I just feel all warm inside. Tingly all over. <laughs> well, we should go garden questions, I guess. Okay. Just we get pay the bills with the what people are asking. That's true. Well, Chris has a question. He has a plum tree but it has a ton of fruit on it. Oh. He knows he should thin it, but he's like, I don't know how to go about thinning it. <laughs> And also wants to know if he should be increasing his water during this yeah, time. Yeah, good, good questions. So the easiest way to thin, because this is super easy, you need to take half the fruit off. Just, just take it half. I know. <laughs> it's going to hurt. But if not, you'll be left with all these pits and hardly any flesh. So if you take half off, the remaining plums that are left will be twice the size. Because all that energy, food, uh, photosynthesis will be going into the remaining fruit. So if not, you'll be left with tiny things. So mm -hmm. the way to start that is go and just shake the tree. See what's <laughs> loose. Just shake That's it. Real. Don't be careful. Don't break a branch. Right. But you can gently, and some will actually drop off. The weak ones, they were going to drop anyway. Mm -hmm. So give just encourage it. Then you're going to walk through and just kind of look around the tree. And anything that's small, blemished, not perfect, get rid of it. If you had to get rid of some fruit, get rid of the weaklings so that you know which fruits are getting most of the energy already. They're already a little bit larger size. So just focus on those. Those are the ones you want to grow. And then you want to protect those from birds later. Probably not yet, but about a week to, to 10 days before they're starting to get ripe. The birds are watching them just like you are. <laughs> they're going, oh, we're almost there. Oh, it's going to be so exciting. Plums are going to be good. And they know when they're ripe. They're testing every once in a while. The second they're ripe. They're all over them. Mm -hmm. and they, won't, they won't eat one at a time like you and I will. They'll eat yeah. one peck at a time, all, all the so fruits. So irritating. So either net them or put tree tape or something. Come talk to us. We can get you more honed in on how mm -hmm. to keep birds off. Now, watering, anything that's in flower or in fruit requires more water. A plant that is focusing all of its energy, pumping all that water to its fruit, not its foliage, it's using more to create those, those fruits or flowers, whether it's a lilac or crepe myrtle, 
a plum, a peach, an apple, whatever it is, while it's got fruit on it, make sure you up your game on that. So what I would do there is probably if it's a big tree, just keep it on the irrigation, but then hand supplement once a week with some hand watering. We've got a little fancy sprinkler, easy cheesy kind of sprinkler head that goes into your hose. Mm-hmm. We just throw that at the base of the tree, let it run for 30, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever it takes mm-hmm. to saturate that soil underneath. And that's enough to keep them super, super healthy. So and that'll ensure you've got bigger plums, sweeter plums. Don't let a fruit tree get stressed out or it will start to shed its own own, right. own fruits mm-hmm. to, to keep its core heart the heart of that plant alive. Mm-hmm. It's not going to focus so much on fruit that it will damage itself. It'll release all those fruits if it needs to, to survive. Okay. Good to know. All right. Well, here's another fruit tree question. Oh, it's, time. it's fruit tree time. It's time. It <laughs> is the season. Yeah. So Robert has ants in his peach tree going yeah. up and down the tree. Wants to know, do you kill the ants? How do you kill the ants without harming your fruit tree? Yeah. How do you handle all that? Kind of depends on what kind of ant. Now, usually ants like that like sugar. Mm-hmm. So sugar ants. Um, so so they're up to harvest either aphids that are feeding on the tree or they're actually harvesting or getting into the fruit. Mm-hmm. It depends on the maturity level of the fruit. Right. If it's close to maturity, they're after the fruit. You don't want ants in your peaches. Come on. That was no. Or if, if the peaches are still small, like ours are still about golf ball size, mm-hmm. they're not sweet yet. So they're going up and down the tree to get the aphids. So I would say just because of the timing of the question, and, and what I know about the production of fruits mm-hmm. here locally in the mountains, I would say you've got aphids or something like that. Spray it with a bug killer. The ants will go away just because there's, they aren't harvesting the honeydew from the aphids. It, right. There's a symbiotic thing that happens. Um, so I would spray the tree with neem oil or triple action is what I would do because it's organic. Mm-hmm. You spray that up to the day of harvest and still be completely organic. The ants, if you see that a lot, we do have an ant killer, especially for sugar mm-hmm. stuff. It's organic again. You can spritz it or just kind of drip it around the base. They'll be attracted to that. And basically, we release a sugar they cannot resist with boric acid. So boric acid ki- kills roaches and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Also does ants. Well, they'll pick it up and they'll take it back to the nest, feed it to the queen. And once you've got the queen in that colony gone they just naturally died through attrition so there's ants are pretty easy come talk to us we have an entire just ant section we can help mm-hmm. you with but don't let it go right because they're going to do damage you've got problems the ants are just a, a symptom showing up so you need to solve that and come come talk to us we can hone you right in okay next question is julia she moved into a new home that has grapes along the fence nice a previous owner told her to watch out for grape leaf skeletonizer Uh, so her question is what is she looking for and when does it start showing up yeah so so elp elp (laughs) grape grape leaf skeletonizer (laughs) say that 10 times fast especially this time of day but anyway it's a it's a moth she lays her eggs on the leaves of your grapes. It's pretty common. Anyone that has grapes, whether ornamental, uh, uh, table grapes, or, or vineyard-type wine grapes, should be checking them now. Usually when the monsoons hit, they start to show up. You'll see the leaves. The, the veins will be there. It's a great big mm-hmm. grape leaf. But then all the flesh in between the veins will disappear. That's the skeletonizing. They come in and just scrape all the foliage off. So it's a cute little uh, caterpillar is what it is. Mm-hmm. So they'll have striped caterpillars, just cute as can be. You almost want to like tame them and 
put them into a circus or something or have them march up a ladder and anyway they're just cute uh, few few caterpillars are that pretty uh, but they they come in colonies so they're mm. never just one they usually attack leaves by the dozen and so they can strip a grape leaf and once once the leaves are stripped you lose your your fruit so there's mm. not enough sugars to create the photosynthesis right. not enough leaves to, to create the, the the fruit so it's going to affect your fruit um, I would say spray them. We have an organic caterpillar killer. Mm-hmm. It's completely organic. It's called BT or through Thrugentis. Bacillus thuricide. Bacillus thuricide. There you go. I can't say that either. <laughs> but you spray the foliage. The caterpillars will come out that evening, eat the leaf tainted with the BT, um, and then die. So mm-hmm. just, just like that. Safe for birds, safe for your pets, safe for your husband. It's just safe. <laughs> Um, and, and I would use it as a preventative. If you know you're in a community where that just seems to show mm-hmm. up, that the moths are active there, it's probably an established grape vine right. section, just go ahead and spray them as a preventative because they will be here in the next couple of weeks. Just spray them once and look for pieces of the leaves missing, basically. Mm-hmm. So I checked ours a couple of days ago, nothing yet, but yeah. I know I'm looking for it. Yeah. So it's wise. It's on, on her radar. Well done. That's, that's a good gardener for you. All right. Great questions this week. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, purple verbena, crepe myrtle, and pentas. Pentas are a butterfly magnet with super sweet nectar produced in starry flowers on 12-inch stems. She loves heat and wind with minimal care to keep the flowers coming. The large clusters of vibrant star-shaped flowers are stunning in pots and raised beds. A superb flower that outperforms others as long as it's hot. You'll only find heat-hardy pentas at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive. But so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Water's weed and grass stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and grass stopper. It's just $24 and only found at Water's Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. I have been struggling with some vermin. Uh, gardening next to this wildland interface, you've got everything coming at you. In the valley areas, you've got rabbits and, and javelina and antelope. Towards the forested areas, pine trees, a chaparral, you've got mule deer that come in packs of big herds, javelinas that are big herds, and uh, like waves of, of pack rats and rabbits and squirrels and chipmunks and everything else is active right now. And so I, I've had a couple of, if you're having some, some problems with animals eating, actual animals eating your plants, 
there's some simple repellents that work quite effectively. So we've got two here at the garden center that are highly effective. One is deer and rabbit repellent. This is one that is made with cayenne pepper. It's organic, will not damage or hurt birds, those animals that eat it, whatever. But you're spraying the foliage with this peppery, let's get, they've got a wax-based pepper. They add an organic oil with it. And they have this hyped up, it's going to make their it's going to make their mouth light up on fire. So they start eating going, oh, this is pretty good. I like this. Hey, come over here, eat this, guys. And then they start eating a little bit more. And then they're going, oh, where's the water? I can't take any more of this. And they take off. And so you really, the, the mentality is you want to train those animals to eat from your neighbor's yard, not yours. And they're creatures of habit. They're just, they don't think, they just go through going, that's where I always go to eat. I'm eating these now. But once you light their mouth up with this, some cayenne pepper and all of a sudden they're going, whoa, oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should be awake and go over there. That's looking like a better yard for me to eat in. I'll go over there. And so that's deer and rabbits. They respond quite well to hot. Their mouths are very sensitive to heat sources. But some plants, they're, they're, that's not good. So javelina, pack rats, ground squirrels, they don't care about hot. In fact, it's probably better for them. It might even attract them. There, they're using uh, rotted egg, garlics, heavy uh, herbal smells. So they've got a, a similar, it's a spray. You spray the foliage, and then it makes it taste bad, basically. They kind of go, this doesn't smell good. It tastes even worse. I'm not eating here. I'm going to go over there and eat those. As I recall, those were sweet and delicious. I'm going to, I'm going to chow down all night on those. And so that's called repels all. Repel, S, repels all. And you'll see it does have a lot. It even repels birds. So it's, it's quite effective. Um, those, are, those are repellents that are organic, that are highly effective. Now, when you read the label, it says, oh, spritz once, works for six weeks. Okay, not really. That's not been my experience. What happens is as the plants are actively growing like they are now, uh, you spritz it, and yes, the core of the plant is now protected for the next six weeks, but when that new growth comes out, you need to re-spritz every two, three weeks again and hit that new growth. Otherwise, you're attracted. If you keep doing this over a month or two, all of a sudden that herd or that rabbit or those pack rats or those deer, whatever it is, all of a sudden they, they forget that that plant was there and they stop you, you change their rhythm. So now they're used to eating down the block, down the neighborhood, down the wash, down the wherever they, wherever other areas are for them to destroy the gardens. That works really well for landscape shrubs. It doesn't work so well with lawns. Lawns, you'll get rabbits coming in. They just like camp out, but like a dozen of them, and they eat the grass down below the, the the leaf nodes and where they just kill off big patches. There, you need to probably just have an active, you know, a short little fence, field fence, keeps them out. Electric fence keeps them out. Uh, things like vegetables. I don't care how much you spritz lettuce, spinach. They're just delicious. And animals want to eat them. They're just going to come after them because they're just nutritious and they know it. 
And so plus, you're not probably using a repellent on the fruits. You're using it on the foliage. And they know that because if you use it on the foliage, it wouldn't be good for you or them. So you're kind of, you personally as the gardener are watching what you're spraying on things. Even though it's organic, it'll make it taste bad. Well, if it's a vegetable garden, you're probably going to need a physical fence of some sort to keep the vermin out. Uh, I've used dog fences, dog kennels. I've used a field fence. Right now I use electric fence. In the backyard, I've got a six-foot cedar fence. So physical barrier. Physical barriers, they don't work for, let's say, quail or pack rats or, or, or voles, field mice, or, or ground squirrels, chipmunks. They can climb over and get through just about anything they want. Oh, this is interesting. I had a customer come in. They had uh, grubs. They didn't know it. But a skunk had come in and dug holes around their shrubs, little perfect little holes. And I'm going, oh, show me the holes. Oh, yep, there's only one thing that will do that. Skunks went, well, I haven't seen skunks. I, I, th that doesn't matter. You still have them because that's the only thing that causes that. Take this grub killer, spread it around that part of the garden. It'll kill the grubs. And so the skunks will stop coming in to eat that Eat the grubs, basically. They got a nose that knows right where those ground, those uh, white C-shaped worms are. That's a that's a grub, and so they eat the the roots off your plants. Well, the grubs are doing you a favor, but they're tearing up the gardens while they're doing it, and they can spray and stink up the yard. So, put a grub killer down. All the skunks are gone. It's usually that easy. Got a lot more in store for you. We'll be right back. Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. In a new place, it's difficult to know who to trust, how to get help at the house, and which nursery will simply do what they say they'll do. At Waters Garden Center, we're here to help, in the landscape at least. Our team of plant ambassadors know your neighborhood, the plants that add color, increase privacy, and add fragrance and beauty. And we can show you exactly how to plant locally. Or we have teams to do all the work for you. We are Ken and Lisa Lane, and we guarantee our plants will live up to every promise here at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants for July are maple, verbena, crepe myrtle, and rose of Sharon hibiscus. Rose of Sharon is a mountain hardy hibiscus with anemone-like blooms. Each stem of this hardy hibiscus is packed with buds. She makes a beautiful informal hedge or screen and is easily trained into small trees. Available Prescott colors show in blue, purple, white, red, and pink for years of enjoyment. You'll find breathtaking hibiscus here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and just shares her garden thoughts, what's going on in her gardens, in her head, what she's seen at the garden center what she's seen while she walks the neighborhood as far as what's blooming so i think there's some value in that welcome to the studio lisa oh thank you yeah you're welcome <laughs> i'm used to a longer introduction well you know i was just thinking a happy anniversary uh -huh. it was at 11 o'clock is that right we had an 11 o'clock wedding right 10 30, i'm pretty sure 11. it was morning wedding morning we wedding. wanted to get it out of the way 
we were off to we were off to Maui. Remember back in the day when you used to have could get married, go on a honeymoon, get on a plane, and go go to a resort in like a faraway destination. Remember those days, like uh, February. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. All so, that has changed. Yeah, my goodness. So yeah. we've got one of our planting foremen. He's getting married in October. Mm. Booked a cruise for a month in uh, Italy or something. He's 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 worried Ooh. about. I know. I, I would be worried too. You might want to rebook, but it can't be in spring of next year. You <laughs> required to plant for us. <laughs> oh, what a bummer! Anyway, yeah, changes everybody's just life. How we what change? Are you do? Just how we? Yeah. What are you going to do for now? It's how we we mm-hmm. live. Keep safe. Keep right. going. And don't try. Yeah. Anyway, I don't even know where I'm going with that one. I don't know either. So you're, you're meandering down the lane. <laughs> I'm just thinking how I. So fortunate I got to marry my gal, my best friend, 33 years ago. That is true. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. Gosh, you know, it really doesn't. 33 uh, years, four kids, and how many dogs? How many cats? How many gerbils? And no cats. Rats and We've never done cats. We've had well, we two had, cats down in Skull one, Valley. We had one cat. Okay. And we did have a rat and a hamster. Yeah. <laughs> and lots and, of dogs. And we're lots, yep. <laughs> But anywho, uh, so I can always tell when it's monsoon season because, well, of course, the rain, but we have multiple customers coming in and going, help, I have an erosion control problem. Yeah, no doubt. And a lot of times you don't, especially if you're new in the house, you don't realize it until half your yard's down at your back door. Yeah. (laughs) Then you go, ooh, I have a problem here. new lawns, new new, um, rock lawns. You see every flaw as that water comes off that roof line, especially if you don't have gutters. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You'll get all kinds of stuff going down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. So, yeah, I thought we would, could talk about different plants that are great for erosion control and the best way to plant them. Because sure. if you've got a slope going down, is it better to plant that plant on the slope or is it better to dig out part and make it flat for the plant? I don't know. I guess it just depends on... That's you got to look at the hill and the steepness. Mm-hmm. I helped a customer. They have a new house going out out in the valley area, mm-hmm. and uh, they've got a big cut-in wall. So their neighbors above them about eight feet. Uh-huh. So it's this double stacked wall, and it just looked it's going to drive them crazy. They wanted evergreens mm-hmm. to go in there and said, "Oh, what about periwinkle?" They've been over to one of the box uh-huh. stores and went, "Well, think of miner." Showed me the picture on the phone, and luckily they came over and talked to us just to verify. I said. You, you don't want that. That's not going to do well in sun. Yeah. It's not going to fill in the way you want. The grade's too steep. So we got him vines. Mm. So we said, oh, you could go with it's a full sun area. Yeah. I said, here's the natives. So Virginia creeper, uh, silver lace vine. You go with trumpet vine. They'll all crawl up. And like this year, they'll mm-hmm. cover that whole whole area. Or if you want evergreens, I showed him honeysuckle and akibia. Mm. So they, that way it could be more because it was... It's just a tight backyard, sure. steep wall. It's not, I mean, obviously it's construct scars of construction. Yeah. Your neighbor's looking down. You just want to look out your your dining room or living room and look look at green. Sure. So they went with the evergreen varieties. Mm-hmm. We plant them at the base. So ah. take that big, we went big sizes, so five right. gallon, took the stakes off. And then we took those tendrils and just pinned them, pinned them up the to hill. the hill. And we just will train it to go up the hill. That's a good idea. If it's a bigger yard than just that, it's really steep. It's like 15, 20 feet. I do the same thing at the top. I plant at the top, plant at the bottom, and train them to go down. Mm-hmm. So in the in a steep hill, it's hard to get 
it's hard to stand up on that. You can break your neck. That's true. So trying to dig out a hole and get it yeah. in there, just sometimes it's easier to go with vines. Mm-hmm. So if it's a shallower, you know, grade, it's super easy to plant some some cotoneaster or junipers or mm-hmm. or vines, whatever. So if it's a more gently type slope, that's yeah. where your creeping junipers, yeah. the uh, cowry carpets, icy blues. Um, even what's the, the, the tamarix gets a little yeah, taller, but definitely sure. spreads out. Um, so on a gentler slope, those would be good ones to put in. I was so happy that this is a younger couple, their first house, mm-hmm. no kids. Just, just, I was so happy that they thought well enough of us to, they're, they're at the box. They took a picture. They said, I just, I just don't know. <laughs> they came in and we saved them from a huge blunder. They sure. would have spent, you know, $500 on a whole bunch of printers going up and down this hill and they would have died to the plant. Yeah. Even if they're warranted, they died to the plant. That's discouraging. And that's you time never, and energy and effort oh, you've lost. Rather, and I'd rather pay twice as much and have it done once once and done and just yeah. know and watch it thrive rather than suffer for a year. And the next year I'll try to recover. Mm-hmm. That's just not good gardening. Not at all. Not at all. So yeah, you mentioned the vines. So vines can make good ones. Junipers can do a terrific job. Catoni asters. Yeah. Uh, there's three or four different varieties of Catoni asters that stay evergreen. That would do really well. Um, one that a lot of people don't think of are the grasses. Oh, good. Yeah. So you can use tall grasses, short grasses, all kinds of grasses out on a slope, and they really do help with erosion control. They're probably the best. As far as they have a root system much like a palm tree, very mm-hmm. fibrous. Even when they've been dead for like five years, those roots still, if they've been rooted in, hold that hillside together like nothing else mm-hmm. years after their life expectancy is kind of over. And they're pretty. The wind blows oh, yeah. through them. They're just pretty. And there's a lot of really pretty grass. The mooley grasses, yeah. the deer grass. Uh, if you want shorter, go with the fescues. Uh, you could probably even mix them. Yeah, easily. It would be very, very That's why I tell folks if it's a big design, think zigzagging mm-hmm. or uh, type of lines. Don't mm-hmm. think straight lines straight across. Grass. Looks too formal. You kind of want to zig or triangular shapes and plant in a triangular so it looks more natural. Mm-hmm. And then do blocks of three. So three of these, three cotoneasters over here, three honeysuckles over there, three gra- ornamental grasses here. It looks like kind of nature just sprinkled them down and just they magically started growing in a cluster in a colony by themselves. It just looks and feels mm-hmm. right. Whereas if you hodgepodge it, it looks hodgepodged or, right. or it looks too formal to, to marching across and, and two little two, soldiers out there. <laughs> yeah, it looks. It just looks. It feels funny. You can't explain it. Right. You just know something's not quite right, and that's mm-hmm. usually what it is. Well, you think it'd be okay to mix things like your junipers and your grasses? I guess it depends on how big the space is. Big space. A lot of if you have erosion, mm-hmm. it's usually the entire backyard, which is the fifty foot run or more. Mm-hmm. So most backyards are 40, 50, 60 feet long. So that hill, you kind of want to hold in that kind of, of length. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can easily mix and match. And it looks better when you do that. What doesn't look good is when you put all the same thing. Yeah, so There it looks like a, a wall or just, mm-hmm. it just looks out of balance. I agree. Unless you got a whole bunch of other things in throughout the, the rest of your yard, which is not common. Mm-hmm. So it's better to mix it up and make it garden-esque. And that's one, take an iPad. Take a picture, bring it in with a quick yeah. measurement, 
we'll help you design it. It's what we do yeah. all day long. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you just don't want to make a mistake on that one. And then more floods come, more rain. Yeah. Floods out more that channel. It just makes a mess. Rains can be a problem. They can. But let's talk watering real quick. Is it better to do like a drip irrigation on a slope or is it better to maybe do a sprinkler? Do you have an opinion on that? Oh, you're asking me if I have an opinion? You didn't <laughs> tell me that 33 years ago. That's great. Yeah. You've never um, been shy about <laughs> sorry, I've always had it. Um, drip is by far better on, on slopes because it's more efficient. It mm -hmm. gets into the soil without running off. Right. So a sprinkler is going to run. And then when you're running your drip systems, here's a here's a school of hard knocks. Do not run up and down the hill mm. with drip with the irrigation lines. Run horizontally across the length of the hill. Makes sense. Uh, the pressure at the bottom of the hill is much greater than the top of the hill. So you'll get more flow at the bottom of the top. Unless you run it horizontally, then it evens out your, your drip headers. Your, let's say one gallon per hour drip mm -hmm. head. It'll even that out. Be It'll be a game changer for ah, you. If you got more, nice. come talk to us before you get too far down that path. We can help you out. All right. That's it for this segment. Ken and Lisa Lane, a happy couple. The Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, purple verbena, crepe myrtle, and pentas. Pentas are a butterfly magnet with super sweet nectar produced in starry flowers on 12-inch stems. She loves heat and wind with minimal care to keep the flowers coming. The large clusters of vibrant star-shaped flowers are stunning in pots and raised beds. A superb flower that outperforms others as long as it's hot. You'll only find heat-hardy pentas at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. The bottom of the hour, I, I had mentioned grubs, uh, white C-shaped worms. Interesting factoid about grubs. They can live two to five years underground before they come up, much like cicada. The cicadas started to come up this week, and you can hear them starting to sing that real loud chorus that they come up. They're just getting started. More and more of them will hatch from the ground. You'll see these holes in the ground. Then they'll attach their exoskeleton to the side of a trunk of a, of a tree or something. And then they'll crawl up, dry out their wings, and they'll start flying around. Basically, they're only up for one thing. The males sing to attract the females. They can lay more eggs. So they can spend another five years underground. They basically spend their entire life underground, except for in the summer, they can come back just to find a, a partner. So that's that's grubs are the same way. This is, cicadas are an ugly looking 
beanie-eyed, green, fluorescent, huge bug, two, three inches long. Grubs are a beetle larva. So you're seeing beetles flying around at night. That's the adult grub. And so they're, they're up to do only one thing. They only live for one season, and then they die. So they've lived in, underground for two to five years as a grub. They've been eating the roots off of plants. That's what their main diet is. They also like some manure piles. If you get horses, you'll find grubs inside the manure pile, that kind of rich organic areas they like, moist areas they like. Anyway, they're coming up to find a mate. And so you, you may not have had grubs this spring, but you can certainly have grubs this summer because they start coming up and they're looking to lay eggs. And so like underneath my juniper trees, it looks beautiful. Art is there. I've got up lighting of the juniper, down lighting on some art, just beautiful ground covers. Well, it's like the perfect place for grubs. They're attracted to that part of my landscape because it's so lush, it's moist, it's protected from sun. And so I know I'm going to get grubs down there. So every year I just, just every summer, I throw a grub killer. It's like a, it's like a, basically a fertilizer. While I'm spreading fertilizer, I take my hand spreader and I just spread this grub killer down at the same time. Pray for rain. The rain will activate it and take it through the ground. Um, it, it usually solves one application a year, gets rid of all grubs out of that part of the garden for the year. Um, a bag of this stuff costs... I don't know, 20 bucks or 30. I don't know how much it costs, but I know it goes 5,000 square feet. Like one bag will do an entire yard. It's really powerful stuff. But if you see grubs, don't ignore it. In fact, the uh, planting trucks, uh, we, we've come down where we've got to have grub killer on the trucks. The guys are going to plant a new tree or shrub or privacy screen for you. If they get into a colony of, of grubs, we can't plant there unless we kill them off and you can't pick them all out by hand that's not labor efficient so they've got grub killer on the truck they plant it filter out what they can step on them just thin them and then they put the grub killer down as a defense or barrier around the root structure so just one more service because we want to make sure that plant i mean it's guaranteed for two years we don't want to come back just because grubs ate the roots off and it, the tree blew over, which I have actually seen. I've seen rhododendrons fall over because they just, no grubs, literally ate all the roots off. So you want to put that into your, into your thinking that way. Another one that I have, because we love our backyard right now. It's just, it's just a wonderful place to be at sunset. The, the front yard is more for mornings. We've got a morning patio, an evening patio, and we just enjoy them all. Well, flies do not make an outdoor experience better. Makes it worse. Mosquitoes at twilight, that is like a nightmare. I mean, you, I don't want to be covered up with, we live in Arizona. We shouldn't have to worry about mosquitoes, but sometimes they'll show up. So we watch our water sources. We, we, don't, we don't let water sit there. But they also like lush, moist. They can live under this, the canopy of a, of a moist shrub. They can live there or in perennial beds where it's got more shaded areas and some moisture. The mosquitoes can live in more than just water. And so what I do is I plant around my entertainment areas with plants that repel insects. There's a whole series of them. I thought I would give you a couple of my favorites. It's maybe another list of maybe a couple others of plants I use in my own yards that I that I, that help repel insects. It makes a backyard barbecue enjoyable instead of a burden. 
And so some of my favorites, one of my all-time favorites, uh, I love herbs. So I love uh, rosemary, lavenders, uh, marigolds have a strong herbal scent to them. In fact, they, they actually, marigolds contain some permethrin, some naturally occurring bug repellents. And so these are defenses these plants put into themselves so that they don't have insects going after them. This is something that they've figured out over the millennia. If I have this kind of oily substance, bugs leave me alone. Well, if you know that about the plant, now you can go through, and if I'm going to be out in the backyard with guests especially, just before I'll go at it down and, and I'll hose off those plants with some, some just with a hose, make them moist, and they release all those oils, and they just permeate the patio area, and it smells rich and fragrant and just beautiful, but also the insects hate it, so they start moving off. Petunias can do that, strangely, especially for aphids, certain kinds of beetles, leafhoppers, squash bugs. Petunias are a repellent. Sage, mint, lemongrass, cat mint. These are all really more herbally kinds of plants. Think fragrance, and they're the ones that will um, tend to push um, insects away. I love scented geraniums. That's one I use often. All of my big pots next to where all the patio furniture and sofas and fire pits are, I have three or four. I've got more, way more than one scented geranium. They're pretty, not for their color. Scented geraniums, don't, they're not famous for their flowers, but they are very famous for their fragrance. They've got a great big large leaf. You even brush up against it. I like, in fact, I like to plant them where people sit down in a chair, kind of rub this accidentally rub the foliage and they, they you can see them perk right up going, oh, what 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 is that smell? What what smells so good? Went, yeah, that's my scented geraniums. I put them out here to keep the, the mosquitoes off of you. But don't they smell good? They're all inspired go, oh, can such a smart gardener run oh, I'm just strategic and I've and I'm tired of being bit by flies and mosquitoes. I don't want I don't want spiders all over the place. So I, I plant strategically to keep those things out. I notice that euphorbias um, that's a whole series of plant perennials that grow here in the mountains of Arizona. comes back every year. Um, it gets up about, especially uh, rainbow ascot. It grows up about two, three feet tall. Beautiful uh, flower to it. But it's an evergreen perennial. And the sap in it, no animals eat it. And insects don't bother it. And so it's not quite as fragrant but if you put a few of those things out there, they're not. it creates this wall where they just don't want to come in and, and bother you. And so that and, quite, if I'm really honest, <laughs> I do all, we get flies. This is fly season. I mean, just a few flies turns a party into a, a everyone's heading indoors. I actually do go down to the, the ranch store. So Olson's Grain, Cal Ranch, all your feed stores. I'll head down there and, and get the barn size, not the little cute backyard patio size. I get the big one. And I hang fly traps, not the sticky. They're, they're like you fill them with water, and they get into this. They're attracted to the scent. They get stuck in there, can't get out, and then they drown. I don't like the fly paper. It doesn't work very well. But the fly traps work exceptionally. I'll put those out around the yard away from my entertainment area because they smell bad. 
But that that draws them away from the back door, draws them away from the entertainment areas. I usually will hang them underneath my trees, the junipers. You'll notice the flies, they hang out where the shaded areas are too. You can see them flying around at dusk, just hanging out over there, waiting to come bother you. Well, that's where I put the fly traps. That and fly bait. They actually make a bait. You can only get it really at a, at a, a ranch store, Olson's Grain or something. They'll have fly bait. You just sprinkle it on the top part of the fence post is what I do. They're attracted to it and they just keel over dead. It will keep your backyard completely fly free. Be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, verbena, and crepe myrtle. Crepe myrtle flowers are intense watermelon pink, solar reds, and LED whites that cover this heat-loving shrub. Plant where you enjoy its beautiful multicolored bark and sinuous branches up close. The flowers show against forest green foliage that turns red and orange in autumn. Growing to just head height, every yard has room for at least one and only available for summer planting here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. I would like to thank some of you. I I thank all of you for tuning in. I appreciate that. But I had asked a favor last week. Someone had left me a, I called it the knucklehead factor. It just happens. If you deal with the public, you're going to get some knuckleheads. It's just part of the game. Like if you do anything, if you deal with any kind of interaction, interactions with people, there's always that, you know, one out of a hundred that's a knucklehead. You know who I'm talking about. You know someone just like that. Well, they left a Yelp review that was a one star and they had never even been to the garden center. In fact, I found they lived in San Diego. They lived there, never been, but left a review for us here at the garden. It was totally rude, absolutely rude. Well, these, these social media sites, they don't let you take things off. So I went, if I can't take it off, what am I going to do? So I asked a favor. I said, would you help me by putting five-star reviews on our Yelp? And I got some Google pages too, Google, Google review and Yelp reviews. Thank you, you all. I was just looking for the Yelp to bury that one star. Um, and you came through. I so so appreciate that. It's still sitting there. You can go to Yelp and look at it. I don't mind. You'll look at it and read it and go, that is a knucklehead. What were they, what were they, what was she thinking? I don't understand. So I think, think today's new phone, social connected society, people haven't figured out what's socially acceptable and what's socially unacceptable. They think they can spew anything they want without repercussions. Actually, some of you were some of you were mean back to them. I, I was kind of felt bad for the, the the person that left the one star. 
you're like challenging them. <laughs> so thank you for, I love it that I feel supported. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, but that's, that's kind of, I generally don't polarize anything. I try to be fun, uplifting, informative. That's just, that's who we stand are. That's Waters Garden Center. I mean, I tell my staff, we've been here 58 years. We are here to make this central highlands of, of Arizona, the central part of the state. We are here to make our community a better place, a more beautiful place, but also a smarter place. We love giving back to kids and schools. We have this huge ministry thing through our churches. We give back through our nonprofits that we're involved with. We try to make better leaders because I've raised six daughters, especially female leaders. We love women who are strong and want to lead. We want to give to those organizations. And so we just have these, we, we are here to make sure our town is better. And if, if a company does that, um, I think they survive for another 58 years. And so that's been our ministry, our, our mindset. We're not just selling plants. We're here to make things better. So anyway, man, I just love my gardens. First thing in the morning and the last thing at night, my, my favorite time in the garden. I mean, early in the morning, it's just a, a great way to start the day. And so you'll see me out there often reading my book, checking news, um, the sound of nature, fresh air, just life feels good. I also like at twilight when things just slow down. I mean, your garden becomes a, a welcome retreat. It is for me, at least. And so this spring, it's created, I think, an appreciation of gardening. We're seeing more gardeners. So first-time gardeners have been amazed at what they can accomplish. I love helping them succeed. And then experienced gardeners, they're back in the groove with plants and new projects. And so I, I got to say, all of us here at Waters, just we want to say thanks. I mean, thanks for being patient as we created this new way of doing business. Thanks for making gardening as part of your home therapy or stay-at-home quarantined ritual. I mean, uh, stop at Waters Gardens and we'd love to hear your garden stories and see your garden successes on your phone or whatever. Anyway, we'll be waiting here for you here at Waters Garden Center. You know how to find us. Ken and Lisa Lane, and we love talking to fans of the show, as we say every week. Thanks for tuning in. Wondering why the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, it's probably because your neighbor used the all-purpose fertilizer from Waters Garden Center. Monsoon is right around the corner and it's the perfect time to feed your plants. Waters All-Purpose Fertilizer is the only organic made especially for Arizona mountain soils. Don't buy a bunch of different fertilizer for your flowers, veggies, trees, or grass. This one does it all. The plants on your side will be happier, healthier, well, greener. Safe, natural, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.